Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. (laughs) Have you ever been called stupid? Or maybe you're like me and you call yourself stupid. I'm like, oh, Kendra, that was so stupid. So, So dumb. Did you ever think you would see the word stupid in the Bible twice? I always say when I read the scriptures, something jumps out at me, a word, a phrase, a theme. Well, stupid. Smack me in the face. And then the whole reading really got me thinking about the difference between thinking that the law saves us versus faith. And honestly, they go hand in hand. This is not the debate between faith and works. This isn't what I'm doing. I just want to show you how beautiful some of the tools that we have in the Catholic faith are and wonder why we don't use them. Because I went off on a little tangent today. I call it a rabbit hole and I'll take you on it with me because I really wanted to dive in to what the first reading was all about. And if you receive the USCCB email every day like I do, That's where I read my daily readings, comes right to my email. I know my phone's going to pretty much be with me all the time. And there are beautiful links. So you can click on the readings. It takes you to another section and then it explains and it gives you a bunch of other Bible verses in the Old Testament and or New Testament to show the typology, the actual prophetic Things that were said in the Old Testament that come true and fulfilled on in the New Testament. It's really cool. And I want to go down that path of why we need to have our faith change us. I mean, our belief system should drive our thoughts, our words, our deeds. Not the rules of our society, not even the commandments of God. It's that gift of faith and belief and trust in the promises of Jesus that drives everything. They're hand in hand. Okay, but you guys all have to go read James if you really want to get into the works and faith uh, debate. But we're not doing that today. I am going to take you to the reading. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. Galatians 3, 1 through 5. There's only five verses here. And it's packed. Here we go. Oh, stupid Galatians. Who has
has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I want to learn only this from you. Did you receive the Spirit from works of the law or from faith in what you heard? Are you so stupid? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Does then the one who supplies the Spirit to you and works mighty deeds among you do so from works of the law or from faith in what you heard? Okay, that's, that's an in-your-face kind of Paul thing. He's basically saying, hey, are you that stupid? <laughs> Hello? All right, so let's go venture in. I'm going to click Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 5. And then I'm going to read. There's like this awesome write-up. It doesn't usually have this. So I'm really happy that I found this today. It usually goes into multiple verses. Like I said, it ties everything together and then kind of gives you an explanation. But this like goes through a couple of actual descriptions. So I'll just <clears throat> continue reading here. So this whole chapter is called Justification by Faith. So Paul's contention that justification comes not through the law or the works of the law, but by faith in Christ and his death is supported by the appeals to Christian experience and to scripture. The gift of God's spirit to the Galatians came from the gospel received in faith, not from doing what the law enjoins. The story of Abraham shows that faith in God brings righteousness. The promise to Abraham extends to the Gentiles. Okay. <clears throat> but let me just read this other stuff. Two. Meaning also. <laughs> Realize then that it is those who have faith who are children of Abraham. Scripture, which saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, foretold the good news to Abraham, saying, Through you, all the nations be blessed. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham who had faith. For all who depend on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not persevere in doing all the things written in the book of the law, and that no one is justified before God by the law is clear. Okay, let me stop. I read that kind of gross. That didn't make any sense. <clears throat> so let's go back to the other one. It's written, Cursed be everyone who does not persevere in doing all the things written in the book of the law. This is what they said. So I don't know about you. There's over 600 laws. I can barely do the 10 <laughs> that God gives me now. So how in the world could I possibly be living by the 600 plus laws? Of course, bing, 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 I'm cursed because I'm not following the law. 
Therefore, my salvation is resting on the law. Hmm. Okay. And that no one is justified before God by the law is clear. <clears throat> For the one who is righteous by faith will live. Okay, this is another Bible thing. No one is justified before God by the law. It's clear because it's in the Bible. The one who is righteous by faith will live. But the law does not depend on faith. Rather, the one who does these things will live by them. Christ ransomed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might be extended to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. <laughs> All right. The law did not nullify the promise. <clears throat> Brothers, in human terms, I say that no one can annul or amend even a human will once ratified. It's funny, when you use the word ratified, you got to think of like union negotiations. Once that union contract is agreed upon, it is ratified. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. They can't break it until the next time that they do their union negotiations. And that's kind of the deal here. No one can annul or amend even a human will once ratified. Once we're committed to do something, we're going to do something. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his descendant. It does not say, and to his descendants, with an S, as referring to many, but referring to one, and to your descendant, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to cancel the promise. For if the inheritance comes out of the law, it is no longer from a promise. But God bestowed it on Abraham through a promise. Why then the law? Why do we even have laws then? It was added for transgressions until the descendant, Jesus, came to whom the promise had been made. It was promulgated by angels at the hand of a mediator. Now there is no mediator when only one party is involved and God is one. Is the law then opposed to the promises of God? Of course not. For if a law had been given that could bring life, then righteousness would in reality come from the law. But scripture confined all things under the power of sin, that through faith in Jesus Christ, the promise might be given to those who believe. What faith has brought us? This is the next section. It's very small. Stay with me. <coughs> Excuse me. Before faith came, we were held in custody under law, confined for the faith that was to be revealed. Consequently, the law was our disciplinarian for Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a disciplinarian. For through faith, you are all children of God in Christ Jesus, 
for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free person. There is not male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendant, heirs to, whoops, heirs according to the promise. Amazing. All right. <clears throat> Let me check on the time here. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not going to dive into the next part, but I'm just trying to show you resources and things that can help you understand what's going on so that again, you in your heart know salvation history and you in your heart can pray because the law and faith are not separate, but they were waiting for faith in Jesus, the, the savior. This is what all the Jews were waiting for. And then he comes and now they're like, wait a minute, you're going to take away our power. We're going to, so <laughs> I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but in the end, that's the bottom, the bottom line. Jesus is the fulfillment of salvation. He's the one that took on all the sins, all the people that are cursed because they're not following the law, the 600 plus laws and all of that. We do have laws. We do have commandments. But the more that we ask the Lord to change our hearts so that it drives our thoughts, our words, our deeds, faith is that. Faith drives works. They're hand in hand. Our belief system should drive what we say, what we think, what we do. And all too often, it doesn't. There's that disconnect. So let's pray for that beautiful gift of fear of the Lord, which is not even fear. It's just not wanting to displease God versus not wanting to fall and go against some of those commandments and sin because you're going to go to hell. When there's a that difference between your knowledge and your understanding that's up in your brain. You know the law, you understand the law, you understand why the law is out there and why we should do what we do and all this. It's only when God moves that 18 inches into your heart, then it becomes God's wisdom and our lives are impacted because we know deep down inside that this is the way to live. And we know that we're happier when we don't go against God's commandments. And we want to please him through how we live. So today, let's take a moment, ask the Lord to please give us more faith. Pour out into our hearts, overflow into our hearts, a desire to love you, Lord, and to love you so much that every thought, word, and action 
we wrap in that love. We need our hearts to be changed. We need you, God, to help us love ourselves, love our neighbors, be and make disciples and bring as many people to heaven with us as possible. We need your heart to do that. So please kick out any evil spirits in our lives, any sins. Fill us with purity and peace and joy and love. Most often self-control. And be with us every moment today. We can see you pray to you, thank you, and love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Alrighty, everyone. Gosh, I love you all. Find something more with God. Go be love and increase your faith today. Do something to learn a little bit more and help God bring everything from your head to your heart. Alrighty, have a blessed and inspired day. Take care.